Welcome back to Sit, Stay, Share, the podcast where we talk about anything pet related because what else is there to talk about? Let's be honest here. Today, we've got Deb with us who's going to tell us all about the Mitzvah Fund, this amazing local nonprofit that, well, let's just have her tell you about it. So the Mitzvah Fund started in 2006, and it is a veterinary nonprofit that provides veterinary care for low-income seniors, veterans, and unhoused people's animals, and then the occasional disabled first responder. We decided that we would take this core group of folks that are desperately needing additional care and often don't have an extra dollar to be able to put towards their animal's care. So we provide routine care for one animal once a year per household. If from that routine exam, we feel like they need a dental or they need you know, a surgery to take a tumor off or anything like that, then we will send out blood work and do x-rays and make sure that they are the best surgical patient possible. And then we schedule them usually within a couple of weeks. What we're trying to do is just if an animal belongs to someone who fiscally can't take care of them, and they're in that population of seniors, veterans, and unhoused, that they have an option. And especially in Vermont, we're in Montpelier, and our unhoused population has gone up six times what it was two and a half years ago. Wow. So, yeah, it's insane. The need is real. It's a mobile clinic, which is pretty cool. And you just do the Barry Montpelier area or just... So folks come to us from all over, um, Okay, at least all over Vermont. We have some really good relationships with other veterinarians. So we send them our paperwork for the blood work. We try hard to make it so that the folks come and meet us once. And at that time, we do all of their diagnostics. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes the people can't drive that far or you know, whatever. So we will actually just see them the day of the surgery or the dental. But for the most part, folks come to us from all over Vermont and they're either referred to us by their veterinarian or a friend or, and then once they do the application to qualify, then we get their medical records. Then, you know, we proceed with scheduling them so that they can come in for an appointment, which we do on Fridays. Fridays are our appointment day in downtown Montpelier, all of our clients, we give them at least an hour for an appointment because Mm -hmm. some of these animals have not had any veterinary care whatsoever. So we really try to make sure that they feel comfortable. Yeah. And and the people need to feel comfortable because if we are doing a surgical event, they have to stay with me. Um, Right. And that's hard for a lot of these folks. So letting them know and letting them meet us and spend some quality time with us makes it so that they feel better about the whole situation, especially because it's scary and they are out of control. Sure. Yeah. That's, that's great. What brought this idea about what was, what was the incentive that made you think the community needs the mitzvah fund? So Connie and I owned a practice in Worcester and we finally closed it because she had to take care of her mom full time. Every year we had originally done the mitzvah fund in honor of my dad who had passed away. And when we were little, he would say, you know, how many mitzvahs did you do today? Or what did you do that was a mitzvah today? And a mitzvah is, you know, a an act of kindness or a worthy deed. Mm-hmm. And we had to have our little lists every single day. Nice. So um, Sweet. when we had our practice, 
we realized that we had to schwitz mitzvahs everywhere because <laughs> there were so many people, especially with their animals that needed yeah. a lot of help with their, their veterinary care. Slowly but surely, it kept evolving. We became a 501c3 in 2014. And as that evolved and we we got to the point of closing the practice, we hooked up with Stonecliff Veterinary Surgical Center when they were opening in Montpelier and we rented their facility for a nominal fee. But it is like working in somebody else's kitchen. So I had always been looking for real estate, but we wanted to stay close to home and we just could never find anything. How many clients do you see in a week? That's a great question. So uh, on Fridays, we usually see five or six clients because they're an hour long and they right. all need blood work and x-rays and et cetera. Yeah. We see very few that that just need vaccines. Those aren't the, yeah. those aren't the animals coming to us. We see them on Friday, get all the blood work back over the weekend, decide, you know, some of them have to go on antibiotics or they have to go on a kidney diet and wait two or three weeks before we can do the procedure. Right. Um, so once we fiddle through all of that, all of our surgeries, we will sometimes schedule more than one, mm-hmm. but more often not because our patients are often very senior. Yeah. Their parents are seniors, they're seniors. And second, most of them push the envelope on our four hour anesthetic limit. Right. So, and I don't know about you guys, but when you are doing something that's really intense and you're concentrating and your brow is furrowed, to do it for four straight hours and then stop, like, oh, I haven't drunk anything. Oh, I haven't <laughs> eaten anything. Oh, yeah. maybe I should, you know, go to the bathroom. And then to think, okay, so now it's two o'clock in the afternoon. We have another one to go still. Yeah. It's just too much. And we want to, as much as we want to do as many as we can, it really takes a toll on your hands. It's not a career for the week. Yeah. Yes. No, it's-, it's just hard on your body. Yeah. So the best part about the truck is that we can do everything as our goal is to do everything in one fail swoop. Yeah. Primarily because we don't want people having to drive to us twice. Often these seniors don't have vehicles or they don't drive anymore. And that's why we picked Montpelier proper to do appointments just because there's ample areas that like they can go shopping. Right. And, you know, do other things that they would regularly be doing anyway. We're currently in a collaboration with Meals on Wheels and Central Vermont Council on Aging. And we go to all of their senior centers. So we are Mm. actually traveling to all these senior centers and see appointments one day a month, but Mm -hmm. at all their different sites. So all of Central Vermont, and I feel like they do some farther away than Central Vermont, but that has really helped sort of streamline bringing in a lot of seniors at once. And and then it really helps because they are picking up their meals anyway at that location. So yeah, why not do both? Yeah. Why not do both? And it's a quick fix. Once we've gotten all their bloods and gotten all the details down, then we schedule them out. Our surgery days are Tuesdays and Thursdays. And the main reason is, is because there are only a handful of us to be able to call folks and get them scheduled and get medical histories from their vets and, you know, just get all the details and parameters and logistics done. It can take me, you know, the better part of a day to get everybody scheduled for our Friday appointments. So there's just not enough hours in the week. Unlike regular veterinary care, where people are always coming to you, we've just had to become very flexible. 
and we're often talking to caregivers instead of the actual owner. We're often talking to siblings, you know, that are trying to handle hard situations with their parents. So we really goal to work really nicely in the sandbox together with all sorts of groups. We do a ton with, well, multiple police headquarters, but Montpelier especially. The police chief is a huge supporter. We help with our police dogs. They call me at 10 o'clock at night if they arrest somebody and there's a dog in the car. Oh, yeah. And then we, we house it until family or the person can pick it up. We feel like the world has kind of forgotten that we're supposed to be a village and we're supposed right. to help each other. And that's just a much easier and better way to be. So in a very little way, we're trying to make that be our daily way. That's amazing. And, uh, yeah. So far, so good. So what are the basic things that a person needs to know to decide whether or not they should apply? Like Our classic person, yeah, and this is so, it just rings true over and over and over, is it's often a little dog. When we get the medical record, it will say year after year after year, the veterinarian's been recommending a dental. Okay. And estimate given, estimate given, estimate given. Some of our seniors live on $800 a month. So if you give them an estimate for $2,000 or $1,500 for a dental, right. it's so unattainable. And that often will bring a lot of shame and shame is paralyzing. Often the senior kind of doesn't even hear it or doesn't want to listen because they can't fix it. So they continue to ignore it. I would say that until the dog has an abscess or the dog can't eat well, I know why dentistry is so expensive at your regular vet hospital. You know, we don't have 30 employees. We don't have 10,000 square feet that we're having to pay rent on. I totally get all those things, but it is unattainable for a low-income person. I would say the clientele that we would see is dentals are definitely number one. Number two would be more chronic ailments like the dog has glaucoma and they have been treating it with meds, but they just can't get it under control. So it needs its eye taken out and mm. they can't afford the estimate. Right. So those kind of surgeries happen all the time. Uh, we do a, a ton of thyroidectomies on cats. We, I can't say dentals enough because it's, it's, we do <laughs> the that bulk of it. a whole lot. It is the bulk of it. And what's amazing is the difference that the people see in their pets. It's just, I get these just heartwarming cards and emails and texts just saying, you know, he hasn't jumped up on this counter and I don't really like it that he's on the counter, but he hasn't done that in years. And <laughs> a lot of that is if you've ever had a toothache, if you have multiples and like, let's say that we've had to take out an entire mouth of teeth because they're all bad. Yeah. Um, that's like a bad chronic headache. So all of a sudden it's like, they see the world so much clearer and they don't have that chronic pain and they do go back to being puppies. Right. A lot of people are like, what have you done to my dog? <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> so we just see the best benefits to humans and their human animal bond after dentals, because the animals start doing things that used to make them laugh. And they didn't realize that, you know, he's just sleeping all the time now. So I don't get a lot of laughter from him. And so it just, it really rekindles their relationship when they are able to think straight and have more fun every day. That's, that's so great. That is so amazing. Thank you so much for doing such a mitzvah. 
Yeah. It's just really, yeah, we, uh, we really do enjoy what we do. And um, both Connie and I have been at it for a very long time. Thank you so much for talking to us about the sure. Mitzvah Fund. I'm so glad that we can help you guys out in, in a small way. And we'll put up your website and any other links that you want on the podcast page so that other people can learn more about it. And if you have a story that you'd like to share, we'd love to hear it. Reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook, or our website, www.houndstoothvt.com, or stop by the store and show off your pet in person. Until next time, sit, stay, share.